Welcome to Manga Mavericks here on AllComic.com. This is episode 9. We are a podcast uh, dedicated to not only talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. My name is Colton. And I'm Sid. And yeah, like I said, this is episode 9 of the podcast. Uh, uh, I'm not I'm not exactly sure where to start off here. So uh, Last episode in the single digits. Nice. I know, that's, that's cool. Um, I, I feel like we have to address the elephant in the room about... Um, about how we didn't have an episode for like three weeks. Uh, honestly, this this usually happens, you know, whenever I'm recording podcasts. S- summer just usually usually is the time of uh, time of the year where like my life likes to get increasingly more difficult and just keeps me from doing as many podcasts as I would like to. So so yeah, stuff kind of came up. Uh, we couldn't really record. We couldn't really schedule stuff. Uh, that's kind of the gist of it. Um, so we're, we're we're gonna make it up to you guys this week. We're we're gonna give you a give give you a longer podcast again. Nice and beefy. Yeah, nice and beefy <laughs> sounds really dirty. Uh, so for those of you who don't like long podcasts, I apologize. But for those of you who do, uh, you're in for a treat because uh, we got a lot of news to talk about. Lot of news. Uh, some of it might be kind of old at this point, but we still want to talk about it. So, it's it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, that's right. Screw you guys. I can do whatever I want. I'm Cotman. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, I also think maybe we should kind of switch it up a bit. Because I was, I was talking to Sid about this earlier. Uh, about how every time we're like, oh, yeah, let's talk about what we've actually read. We we get to the end of the podcast and it's like, should we actually do it? I I don't know if we caught on too long or not. People don't like long podcasts. Ugh. So I figured maybe we should just start off with that first. You know, mm-hmm. g- give us some give us some uh, light small talk conversation, what have you, uh, just kind of ease into things. So, Sid, ha- have you been ha- have you been doing? Um, it's been pretty busy since like school's ended. I mean. Not, I guess not totally busy. I mean, I'm not working myself to the bone. I'm not like, it's not like back last month when I was still in school where I was not going to sleep for four <laughs> days at a time. Oh, and, man. And working all-nighters to finish animation. But uh, no, I mean, it's busy in the sense that I'm trying to find like summer job, internship, and I'm doing a bunch of spring cleaning and then I'm still finishing up projects and getting prepared for all sorts of other things, like mm. my thesis. I basically have to get all my pre-production for my thesis done by the end of the summer so I can start animating it when I get back to school in the fall. So there's all sorts of things to think about. So I actually have been kind of relaxing a bit in the past few weeks, but at the same time, I've also been thinking ahead and yeah. It's about time to start really getting back into the heat of things in terms of workload. Hmm. Yeah, I've just been again, like I said, I've just been kind of, I've I've just been kind of preoccupied with a lot of like work related things, personal things, and it just like I was saying earlier, it's been it, it kind of kept me from recording a few things I should have. Like I, I had been promising a bunch of people that I'd like, I would do guest spots on their shows. And then one day while I'm at work, my friend's like, 
hey, remember all those uh, things we wanted to record? Let's, let's record all those, like, next week. And I'm like, oh, my God. There's always that. There's always got to be that one week every month where I'm literally recording something, like, every day. And on, on one hand, it kind of sucks. But on the other hand, I like recording stuff. So I don't mind it. I just... I mean, I, I guess it's kind of my own fault because I, I run a bunch of different other shows that I also have to, you know, keep up with and produce and all that stuff. So I really have no one to blame but myself, honestly. You're a podcastaholic. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yes, I am. Uh, there are very few of us, but we exist. Uh, unfortunately, that this also means that uh, I haven't really been... See, it's weird. I really haven't been reading too much. Like, I had to reread some stuff for another guest spot that I recorded, which I'll probably mention that when that comes out. So I've been mostly, like, either rereading stuff or, like, collecting other manga for other podcasts I have to record. Like, I I, I won't say which podcast is for just yet because I haven't recorded it yet, but um, yesterday I actually bought all three volumes of um, Clay Lord, Master of Golems, I believe it's called, from uh, Seven Seas. Uh, which I don't know if it's any good or not. I I don't know. I a friend of mine's doing a podcast, and she was like, "Hey, you should read all of this." And I'm like, "Okay, I I have the money. I might as well just buy it." So I did, and I'm, I'm wait I'm waiting for those to come in. Um, I'm also buying um some manga for a friend for her birthday. Um, she is a huge fan of Tiger and Bunny. Every year, I usually just get her a volume of that. That makes her happy. Makes her happy enough. Uh, and I, I'm not sure. I think I might have mentioned it on the show before, but I've also been uh, lately. I've been collecting a lot of like used volumes of um, of Tokyo Pop's past release of GTO. Uh, when, whenever I go to the mall and I go to my local new anime store that has a lot of like imports and, and stuff, which is really cool. Um, they they have a few used volumes of GTO for like five bucks. Anytime I find manga like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'll buy it. Yeah, especially if it's an out of print title like GTO. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've even been thinking about like maybe get maybe trying to get a job up there too, but I doubt they really have any positions. It's a pretty small mon pop type of store. Um, I think that's the right term. I, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I haven't really read much. I, it's weird because I, I've been more in the mood to watch stuff. I really haven't been in the mood to read stuff, honestly. Um, you, you ever, you ever feel like that, Sid, where like, cause I, I know you watch your fair share of anime too, uh, not just manga. So do you, do you ever have periods uh, of your life where you're just like, you know, you have a lot of stuff you want to read or you know you should be reading, but, you know, you're not in the mood to really read stuff. You want to watch stuff instead. I suppose. Lately, though, I've been like, I don't want to watch stuff and I want to read stuff. Hmm. The opposite problem. Yeah, I've been like, kind of been a little bit burned out on TV. Like, just this past year or so, I've been dwindling down on how hmm. much I watch TV. And so I'm spending more time reading. Hmm. Understandable. Uh, what, what have you been reading lately? If you could just kind of, we could just kind of talk about that briefly. I've been reading a lot, actually. Like, I've been in a Pokemon, like, really mood for basically since the beginning of the year, because this is like Pokemon's 28th anniversary. And so, a whole bunch of, I see a whole bunch of things about it, and then that made me want to, like, 
rewatch episodes of the anime, and that made me want to replay the games, which I wasn't able to do until, like, I got home this month because I didn't bring in my video games uh, with me to college because I didn't want the distraction. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I've been replaying the games. I've been doing all sorts of, like, I've been thinking about Pokemon a lot. And, you know, I also realized, you know what? I should finally get around to, like, reading all of Pokemon Adventures, which, if you don't know, is probably the best Pokemon manga out there. It's certainly the longest running. Hmm. And if you want to know more about it, it's sort of like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meets Pokemon in the sense that each arc centers around a different protagonist. But all the stories are related in some way. They all build on top of each other, but each arc has its own unique protagonist and, of course, its own like kind of unique setting. So it's very interesting in that way, and it always keeps itself fresh. And also it helps that all the like arcs are self-contained stories in their own right, kind of like the parts in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is refreshing compared to the Pokemon anime. <laughs> where it's like Ash has been on his journey for 20 years and he still hasn't won one goddamn Pokemon League. And 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 we occasionally get like we 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 occasionally like switch out the sidekick characters and then maybe maybe every once in a while Brock will come back for some reason. <laughs> Basically, like it, the Pokemon adventures like the protagonist changes with every arc, but like the o- older protagonist will sometimes come back and have a major role. And, like, their stories never stop, but, like, the story, which is focused to a different protagonist in each arc, and there's a different story in each arc, but, like, all these plot elements and, like, storylines, they keep building on top of each other, which makes it really interesting to read. And so before, like, before this year, I'd only really read the red and yellow arcs and a little bit of the gold-silver-crystal arc. But I always loved the the red and yellow arcs. Yellow arc in particular, I always had fond memories of, and I've reread it, and I've reread it like quite a few times. Like even like as recently as like last year, I had reread it. So I was, I felt it was about time to finally like finish reading the gold silver crystal arc because before I'd only ever read the first volume, and I never, and I never got past the first volume. But finally, mm-hmm. I broke that kind of like block and i finally read the entire arc and it's and it was amazing then i read the ruby and sapphire arc which is even more amazing and then the fire red leaf green arc which was awesome and then the emerald arc which emerald's probably the kind of most obnoxious of the main characters but still the climax of that arc is amazing because you get (laughs) all the all the 10 main characters all the 10 pokedex holders and then all their pokemon all using like the big like uh starter pacific moves frenzy plant blast burn and hydro cannon as well as like Red's Pikachu, Yellow's Pikachu, and Gold's Pichu all using World Tackle, and they're all fighting this giant water version of Kyogre that Archie summoned, and it's really awesome. That climate of that arc is amazing. My only complaint with that arc, I guess, as a whole, is that we don't see the tournament between the Pokedex soldiers at the end. Because I, I cannot believe that Emerald defeated, like, Yellow and Red, personally, considering, like, how... Sp- Strong yellow and red are when they're serious, but that's besides the point. And anyway, so now I'm on the diamond pearl platinum arc, and that's it's probably it's probably the funniest arc so far. It makes the laugh. The characters are hilarious. Hmm. 
Hmm, okay. um, only a, I'm only a little bit into it. I'm on volume three now, but it's been very enjoyable. So I've been reading that, and I've also been reading a few other things. Um, I started rereading, like, Torico recently, because after I finished Saint Seiya, I was like, hmm, I want something else to read. And so I look, and, you know, I re- remember that I bought, like, Viz's Torico bundle a year ago. It has it had, like, the first 15 volumes in it, and I still hadn't, like, reread those volumes. So I was like, hmm, you know, why not? Like, the series probably going to end sometime this year anyway. Be a good time to start rereading it. Yeah, I I need to reread that at some point for um for Heavenly Kings because I we we did we did do an episode where uh me and my host Beaky uh we did reread the first volume of Toriko and kind of talked about it. I I kind of want to do that again for volume 2 at some point, but uh I just got to find the time to read it. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting rereading the series because like I forgot how like how much momentum early Torco has. Like, every oh, yeah. arc, like, leads into another. And, like, it's brutal and violent now, but it's it was pretty, like, still intense at the start. And also, what's interesting is all the seeds that Shimabukuro kind of laid for future plot lines, even early on. I was, like, surprised to see that Joey had been mentioned, like, all the way back in the Century Soup arc, like, hundred a hundred plus chapters before she actually appeared in the story, hmm. which was really interesting. And also rereading the stuff about Acacia and God when that got first introduced, at, like, reminded me of a lot of context for what's going on in the series now. So... Like, right now, I finished, like, all the first 15 volumes that I bought, like, off of Wiz's website. So, now I'm, like, been requesting copies of books from the library. So, I'm waiting on volume 16 I, uh, before I can continue with it. So, I'm having, I've been having a lot of fun rereading the series, I think it's. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to rereading through more of that. And then I'm also going to start rereading Nisekoi because that's going to be ending even sooner. And I want to make sure to do, I, I want to reread it from the beginning because I plan to do like some sort of piece on it, like a uh, reflection piece. I plan to do, I'm rereading Toriko because I plan to do kind of a reflection piece like when it's done too. For for all comic or just on your own website? I'm not sure what I'll release it on all comic or animation revelation yet. Okay. I'm still deciding that. Um, also planning something with assassination classroom that I don't know which, where I'll put it, but th- yeah. So that's stuff that hopefully you can look forward to. And then outside of that, I've been reading a few other things here and there. Uh, I've been rereading Phoenix. By Tezuka, right? Yeah. Osama Tezuka. It's like, he considered it his kind of masterwork. It's a very, it's a sprawling like story that takes place over different time periods. All of them are connected by the presence of the phoenix, the mythical like bird of fire. Hmm, and, interesting. Like people's quest to seek it out and drink its blood and gain immortality. So the phoenix connects all the stories together. And so there's another recurring character sort of reincarnated in each story, Saruta. Hmm who is distinguished by having this big, bulbous nose <sighs> and, like, very unique hairstyle. So, you know, it's interesting because seeing him through all these different stories, like, there's sort of, like, a redemption arc he gets from, like, the kind of 
more unruly, like, horrible person he was, like, in the earliest story, chronologically, to, like, the wise, like, thoughtful philosopher-like figure he is in, like, in, like, the later story in the chronology, like, future. So it's very interesting to see see how, how that, like, is developed. Mm. But moreover, just the stories in themselves are very interesting. Um, okay. I'm basically on volume six now, the nostalgia, which is one of the weirder ones because it's about like this woman who decides to shack up with her son, basically <laughs> to repopulate this planet. So it's, 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 uh, definitely one of the stranger, um, stories in the, in the saga, but yeah, Phoenix is amazing. Definitely a masterwork, hmm. even though it's incomplete and not, Necessarily, not all the stories are perfect, but they're all really interesting. And, you know, Tesca's skill and mastery of the medium is almost unparalleled. And then speaking of another, like, great master of the medium whose works I've read, uh, I read Dream Fossil, a collection of short stories by Satoshi Kon, uh, that I think was released either this year or last year by, uh, I think it was Dark Horse? That, one of those sounds about right. Yeah, it, one of them released it, and yeah, that's another, like, really good read. There's a lot of nice uh, short stories in there. Uh, some of them are science fiction, but a lot of us, uh, most of them are, like, more, like, uh, kind of grounded and show the humanistic, like, approach that Satoshi Kon is famous for, as well as, like, uh, his kind of dreamlike storylines, in a way. And they're, those are really interesting to read. Some of them don't quite, I don't, I didn't like think all of them were really engaging, but I'll, most of them were. So those were another great read. I should read more of Satoshi Kon's manga, mainly Opus. That's something I should look into. And then aside of that, there's all sorts of stuff. There's Shonen Jump, there's Crunchyroll uh, stuff, but I've already gone on long enough. That, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I, you know, I'm I'm doing I'm trying to do a better job of like actually staying current with Jump because like I have these weird spurts where like you know one one Monday I won't get to reading Jump because maybe I'll be busy that day and then you know with me in particular uh, a week turns into a month month maybe turns into two and then I'm like oh I'm I'm like seventeen issues behind not that I've ever been that behind I'm usually like no more than like a month and a half behind on jump. But you know, I I caught up like a couple of weeks back and um you know, I I don't have anything in particular to say about the status of jump right now, but I will say that um at the time of this recording, I believe, well, at the time we're releasing this, um I believe that the third chapter of uh Takuan and Batsu's Daily Demon Diary uh, will have uh, ran in Viz's Digital Shun and Jump as per their uh, Jumpstart initiative. Um, so I, I I don't know. Like, well, what 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 did you think of this, Sid? What 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 did you think of the first chapter? Uh, uh, the first chapter alone, or the first two chapters? Since by, at the time we're recording this, both are well. Out. I'm asking about the first chapter because honestly, I. I read the first chapter, and I guess I should kind of explain what it's about. So, uh, from what I remember, essentially, the series is about this guy named, uh, well, nicknamed Takuan, because 
there's some kind of Japanese wordplay there that I don't remember about, like... No, he's like, it's, it's like some kind of food, I think. Like, he said that he likes eating it a lot, and so people nicknamed him Takawan. I think, I think they're like pickled radishes or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And so he said, he says, like, something, like, corny that, like, I don't know, he picked eating Takawan, like... Is better than something, and then because because his whole thing is like, oh, I don't really want anything exciting to happen. I kind of just like my boring life, and I kind of like it the way it is. Which, I mean, I can I can kind of relate to that. I like things boring because I'm a super f- boring guy. But th- this guy like really goes out of his way to like to like make sure nothing exciting happens, e- except. Except he, um, he, he just kind of happens to run into the daughter of King Enma, who in Japanese mythology is basically, um, I'm not really sure how you describe it. He, this particular figure has been in a lot of different, like, Japanese anime and manga, such as, like, Dragon Ball and Yu Yu Hakusho. He, he, he's essentially, you know, the, the guy at the gates of hell who decides whether you go to hell or heaven. And, th- and that's kind of his role in things, um. Again, super big figure in Japanese mythology. And uh, the other character, Batsu, just happens to be the daughter of said King Enma. And um, I forget what her reason for coming to the human world was. Her um, father was murdered. And so she goes to the human world to search for her father's murder as well as just maintain order. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um so yeah, th- th- that's essentially the premise. Um, I don't know, but by the end of the first chapter, like, I I didn't think it was, like, bad, but, like, I didn't really want to read anymore. Because, like, I, I feel like some of the fan- I mean, this isn't the only reason why it turned me off, but I feel like some of the fan service was a little unneeded. Except I did like the joke where, um, where, uh, Takuan- like uh, I think I think Batsu like she she appears out of nowhere and like lands on Takuan's shoulders and is just kind of riding on him for a little while and he tries to get her off but like somehow he like lunges her off his shoulders and has her head bump into his crotch and then like be- because essentially I think Batsu's whole thing is she she sort of believes in eye for an eye because she she like you said she wants to maintain order so she's like oh I I bumped into your crotch now you must bump into mine <laughs> to quote her exactly for every crime a punishment for every crotch a crotch <laughs> I I don't know I I kind of like that part of her character because that did lead to some funny gags but other than that I. I don't know. And then we get like some reveals here and there later that like I didn't really care about personally and by the end of it it didn't really want me leaving more. Like I don't I don't really know how to how to explain it. I don't, that that's that's why I wanted to ask you what you thought at first because I knew I was going to be kind of negative. Yeah, on the subject of the fan service, it's strange to me cuz that it's in some respect it seems to want to like have these fan service moments, but at the same time, it doesn't want to go all the way with them. It's very strange because, you know, you never actually see, like, a panty shot or anything that's drawn necessarily that explicitly. Yeah. But at the same time, the mangaka, like, 
aims like the camera, so to speak, in a way that you're like seeing, you see panels with her, like you see like up, like her butt or like just always, there's a lot of shots like from her back or from below her. And, like, a lot of focus on her legs in particular. So it's weird. I feel like the uh, like the mangaka, like, really likes drawing, like, this character's legs. Yeah. And, like, she likes drawing her from, like, downwards angles. Or just any angles that show off her legs. So a lot of, like, panels that show her, like, in full body, like, focus on that. And it's very strange to me because... Compared to other series, it's not it's not the most like egregious fan service mm. at all. But yeah, it's just so because it's it's rare that I see like such explicit like focus on like um a particular element, a particular like fetish fetishization. So it's, that was very strange to me. That was something that distracted me a lot. Mm-hmm. And then aside up uh, for the story itself, um. Yeah, the premise is not the most interesting, but then it like really hooked me in a sense. I wasn't, I don't really, they didn't, by the end of the first chapter, I didn't really care that Bots was looking for her father's killer or like, I didn't, I wasn't really engaged in that overarching like story that it was setting up. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I sort of found it interesting in regards to Takawan, how, He's trying to not draw a draw undue attention to himself because he and he wants like just an ordinary life because he is hiding inside of him like his own like sins and like like malice and grudges and whatever that he just doesn't want to bring out of himself and that it that manifests itself in like his like oni demon transformation thing yeah so like there there was an idea in there that was interesting but like the second chapter didn't really follow up on it at all mm-hmm. so it's i don't know i don't know what its ultimate focus is going to be because it seems like it wants it's a battle manga premise or at least like a slice of life battle manga ish premise. But then the focus primarily seems to be more on comedy. So I don't I'm not really sure what to really make of it. To me, the series feels like it's trying to combine elements from series like Yu Yu Hakusho, uh Supernatural Detective Nero, and Twin Star Exorcist to me. But you know the series it reminds me most of is Muyo and Roji. And that's a lot of it is because of the art style. Actually the art style reminds me a lot of Muyo and Roji's. Especially the way characters and their eyes are drawn, and especially the climax of the first chapter is very similar to the climax of Muyo and Roji. What with this uh the first chapter of Muyo and Roji with this like character falling into this like gaping mouth of this uh demon creature. So, like, there's a lot of similarities to Muyo and Roji, and I looked up the mangaka, but it, I couldn't really find anything about it. That's because this it is, might... it, it's because this, um, the, the author, uh, Kentaro Itani, this is his first series. Yes, but I was trying to see if he had maybe been an assistant, uh, to the mangaka of Muyo and Roji, because I felt like the style was very similar, and I wouldn't have been surprised oh, okay. if he hmm. was the assistant. So... 
that that was very. It's like the stylistic similarities to Muyo and Roji was very interesting to me. But compared to Muyo and Roji's first chapter, I didn't like it as much. And yeah, I don't know. What I'll say is, I don't think that the series. I don't know if this series really is going to fill like a certain niche that will make it really thrive and jump because the supernatural kind of detective shtick is being done by Salmon. And then the fan service kind of shtick is being done by Yuna of Yuragi Mirror. Mm. So I know, so I, right now the series hasn't really shown me anything that's going to really set it apart and will make, and like, I can see that what readers would really be intrigued by it. But the art style is unique, even though it's very similar to Muyo and Roji's. That style is unique. There's, I've only ever, ever seen it in Muyo and Roji. So the art style is something that's, it has going for it. And then another thing it has going for it is like the potential of Takuan as a character in that he's hiding, he's hiding this, he's trying to suppress this demon inside him while li- living an ordinary life. So there's, that there's potential in that, but whether the series maximizes that and really explores that in a like meaningful capacity remains to be seen because the second chapter basically focuses on pretty lowbrow, predictable like uh, jokes and like uh, fan service as ca- uh, humor. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I'm pr- I don't know. Like assuming. Assuming that this lasts more than like twenty to thirty weeks in jump, I I don't think I don't know. Like I don't may, maybe at some point I'd pick it up again, but like this isn't the kind of thing I'd be willing to read weekly. I mean I don't know. I I thought it was just kind of okay. Like it wasn't outright terrible to me. Yeah, it's not offensive to me, but it's. It's not really engaging either. It fe- it doesn't feel like something that I can see really evolving into something. Like, like I I thought I thought this was going to be like a gag manga by the by the look of it. Honestly, I could have seen it going either way. Just based on like that first like teaser cover image that we had seen from it, if just showing me that I could have I wouldn't have been able to say definitively whether I would have called it a gag manga or an action manga. I think even now it can still go either way. Right now it seems to want to be more of a gag manga, but the way it's designed, it could easily become an action manga. Yeah. So, well, I guess we'll see whether the, if the series picks up an audience, how it ultimately evolves. But I think that right now jump is so competitive and so fill up, filled up with like, unique series that are all competing for space that I don't know if it's really going to leave a strong enough impression for it to stick around. Yeah. I mean, I I also don't see the Viz jump picking this up for a weekly simultaneous release either. Certainly not any time in the immediate future. Like, they'll wait and see if it, like, has a stable popularity before they make any decisions. But, like, Nizekoi is probably going to end the soonest out of everything, and I I think it's a safe bet to assume that if not by the end of the next month, it'll be done by the end of the summer. So it's certainly not going to replace Nizekoi. 
I, I feel like both Nisekoi and Toriko could probably end this year. Well, yeah, certainly both of them will end, I feel, will end this year. If we're lucky, Bleach will also end this year. <laughs> I don't know. But, I, I don't know. I thought it was going to end like four years ago and look where we are now. Well, Ichigo is fighting Yawak again, so maybe Ishin and Uryu's dad showed up, so maybe that'll mean something new development. Nah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just... At, at the very least, I don't I don't really see Bleach going past 700 chapters. Or at the very least, I kind of don't want it to, because even if I didn't like Naruto a whole lot towards the end, I don't think Bleach really deserves to go on longer than Naruto did. God, so. God if anything, I think Bleach's story could have been told in like 300 chapters easy. Maybe even 200 <laughs> But but I mean that that's just me. I have problems with Kubo's pacing, and that's why I dropped it. Well, Kubo's pacing is more suited to when you're reading it, like in a binge, like exactly. volume format, than it is when you're weekly reading it. And that's fine. There are series that are designed that way. Like you can argue that with Noyuki Osawa's work, but I think that the bigger problem is that Kubo stuffs his story with so many characters and plot threads that ultimately are irrelevant or not necessary for the overall story that it just drags on and on when it doesn't need to. Yep. So reading it becomes very tedious, even if you are reading it in volume releases. Yeah, but uh, I think I think that's enough talk about Jump. Uh, let's Let's get into our usual stuff here so uh sid uh you were telling me before we were uh before we uh, started recording that uh i guess we got some new releases coming up in june yes that's right there are quite a few well not quite a few there are four really new manga that are going to be released in june to start off on june 7th we'll be seeing two new releases from Wiz media the first is Everyone's Getting Married, a Jose title about a career woman who dreams of getting married, becoming a housewife, but she gets into a relationship with this newscaster, and they get along well, but this guy doesn't want to get married, so they want the opposite things in life, but they like each other a lot, so the whole story is about, like just that conflict of interest. I haven't read it, but it seems very interesting, and I'm always up for, like, interesting new Jose manga, and this seems very promising, so I'm going to check this out. See, see, uh, from from the title alone, I was kind of hoping it would just be a manga where, like, uh, where where you have uh, this woman as the main character, and she just, she, she has a bunch of friends who are married, or uh, she, uh, she, she cut, she like looks through all of her like Facebook posts of posts and it's like, oh man, everybody's getting married. I, I haven't gotten married yet. I, my life isn't going anywhere. Boo hoo hoo. <laughs> cause you, you got, cause I definitely know. <laughs> kind of like that one character from Nomi Joshi, this foodie manga I, I've been reading. Like there's a, there's this one character who's like single and her like two best friends are married and she's like, Oh man, I kind of want that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I haven't read it, but I ha- I'd have to imagine there's some gags involving that. It's at some point Th- in there's the got to be at least one of those kinds of jokes in there. At least yeah, one. I mean, it's just too obvious not for them not to be there. So it's got to be in I'd there. I expect that. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, what, what, what was the other thing being released on June 7th, you said? Yes, and this is a title that uh, we've shown in Jump readers should know well. Black Clover finally will be getting volume releases over here starting Tuesday, June 7th. And if you don't know what Black Clover is, it's basically Naruto meets Fairy Tale meets Seven Deadly Sins, but it's still somehow good. I, ish. I, good ish. Man, I still haven't read it. I still could. I I couldn't get past that first chapter when it first premiered, but I I might have to change that at some point. Yeah, the first chapter is basically the first chapter of Naruto with swords. Yeah, it, 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 it literally sets up all the same kind of, like, aspects about Naruto. Like, it's so, it's so similar. Yeah, it, it, it's very familiar. It's a very familiar shounen. Yeah, you could, you could say that. If you're an experienced shounen reader, it'll, you'll see that it has borrowed tropes and elements from, like, pretty much every, like, sort of series that you can think of. Yeah. But it is unique. It does have a unique tone going for it. It the art, Tabata's art is really excellent, and he is a skilled visual storyteller. The writing is inconsistent. It has peaks and valleys. Uh, there are times where, like, it, I felt that the writing got a little bit frustrating or overbearing, but there are also times though I think it's very solid. Overall, though, I think the series is entertaining. I do enjoy where it is now, and I have fun reading it. So if you're a Shonen fan and aren't, like, burned out on the genre, I do recommend, like, checking it out and seeing if it's something that you can get into, because I think it's at least worth giving a try. Yes, it's familiar, but that doesn't necessarily mean... It's uninspired, and it doesn't have creativity or enthusiasm going for it. I think uh, I think it still has potential, and I'm hoping that Tabata keeps growing as a writer as the story goes along. And yeah, I think that Black Clover it's a pretty decent series at the end of the day, and uh, hmm. nice read for Shonen if you're a Shonen fan. And then on June 14th, we're getting a series from Seven Seas called Masamune-kun's Revenge. And basically, the plot of this one is that this guy grooms himself into becoming the most handsomest boy ever so he can get revenge on this one girl who bullied him. And then somehow he gets a harem. I think that's the plot, basically, in a nutshell. That sounds it could be kind of funny. Yeah, it could be kind of funny if it's uh, tongue-in-cheek. Uh, it is something worth keeping an eye on, I, I suppose, just based on kind of the ridiculous nature of the premise, because it's sort of like sk- uh, gender flip skip beat. It's it's literally the, uh, I guess, the manga equivalent of, uh, be careful who you call ugly in middle school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be a fun one. Uh, I haven't read it, but might be worth checking out. And then finally, uh, releasing on Tuesday, June 21st, uh, is Complex Age, gonna be released by Kadansha Comics. And this one, uh, of the bunch, is probably the most interesting to me. Because it's about a 20, 26-year-old cosplayer who, you know, has a normal job, lives a normal life by day, but like she's, a really devoted and like cosplayer and she's really passionate about it and she's very respected among her cosplay peers 
But like, you know, as life goes on for her, you know, it becomes difficult to, uh, uh, you know, juggle like her career and her hobby. So the premise of the series seems really interesting to me. Uh, I think this is definitely one that I want to read more of. And like, I'll probably go and check out some, if I can, I'll probably go check out like, uh, the first volume and read through that and see if it's something that I want to keep up with, because it definitely seems like a really interesting series to me. Yeah, I, I could, uh, I think, I think, uh, a, a, a huge amount of people could probably relate to this. Mm-hmm. So that's one I think. I'm very excited for it. I'm really looking forward to reading. And that's basically about it for like the new releases coming out in June. So we got another New York Times bestselling list from the week of uh, May 8th through the 14th. Um, so uh, we got One Punch Man Volume 6 ranked number one. Uh, it's it's the second week on the list, uh, along with One Punch Man Volume 1. Uh, uh, ranked number two, 37th week on the list. Uh Tokyo Girl number one, uh, rank number three, 45th place on the list, uh, better. No, 44 weeks on the list. The, what did I say? You said 45th place on the list, but not. No. Oh, wait, oop, wait, oops. <laughs> okay, thank you. I, damn it. Uh, yeah, f- 45 weeks on the list altogether. I, I, I gotta stop going through these things so fast. Uh, then we got, uh, let's see, Tokyo Ghoul number six. At number four on the list, with uh, with it being on the list for four weeks, uh, My Hero Academia, Volume 4, ranked number five on the list, and uh, has been on the list for two weeks. Uh, Attack on Titan, Volume 18, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think this was the volume that had the, um, that had the OVA with it. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it in stores, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's placed uh, number six on the list. With it being uh, on the list for six weeks in a row, uh, One Piece Volume seventy eight. It's a pretty long series. Uh, ranked number seven on the list, uh, and uh, has been on the list for two weeks. Um, seven Deadly Sins Volume fourteen. Um, I don't think we usually see this on here yeah, a lot. It's actually, a surprise. This is the first time in a while I think I've seen Seven Deadly Sins on the list, and it's interesting. It's this volume because this volume uh, picks up basically after the point where the anime had adapted to. So maybe now that the manga has reached like uh, stuff that the anime hasn't covered, like we'll start seeing more volumes of the series pop on here as people who read the, who watched the anime and really enjoyed it are now going to the the manga to like continue the story. So that's pretty interesting to me. Okay. Uh, And then we have blue exorcist volume 15 uh, first week on the list. Also nice to see Blue Exorcist pop up on the list every now and again. I don't know. I think the content in this volume uh, concerns a lot of stuff. Uh, that's the fallout of the uh, the previous arc. So it involves like uh, Yukio's like training to like discover like the secret of his like demon powers or whatever and then like lightning becoming like uh the teach a teacher in the school so there's some fun chapters in that volume hmm. yeah, there you go um i need i need to get back on blue exorcist at some point but um lastly we got tokyo ghoul number two 
at uh, number 10 on the list, being on the list for 25 weeks. Mm-hmm. Tokyo Ghoul is certainly killing it. Uh, yeah, along with uh, along with One Punch Man to an extent. I mean, it's uh, there's only two volumes on this list in particular, but, you know, it, I mean, volume one is still on the list, so that's that's still a thing. Well, worth mentioning is that Tokyo Ghoul also ranked seventh on the monthly book scan April wrist for manga. Well, not manga, for comics in general. So, Tokyo Ghoul is definitely a strong seller. And also on that list was the first volume of Tokyo Ghoul, which was number 10. And we also had Attack on... Also, the fifth volume was number 18. And in addition to the Tokyo Ghoul stuff, we also had Attack on Titan, volume 18 at number 11, and One Punch Man, volume 1 at number 12. So... Like, a lot of manga are really strong sellers, but Tokyo Ghoul, like, seems to be the hottest property right now. Yeah, I wonder how long it'll be before we get our uh, live-action adaptation. I don't think it'll be too long, honestly. I bet it'll probably happen within, like, the next five years or so. Well, I'm sure Wiz, like, made uh, that deal with, like, that talent agency company to develop, like, live-action versions of their properties... Uh, with some series in mind, and I think that the success of Tokyo Ghoul is going to make that one of the first priorities on the list to get a live-action television adaption on there. You think they'd go for a television adaption? Well, I think I think that television would maybe be a safer bet for a lot of series compared to movies, mm. in the sense that I feel that there are a lot of television shows right now. Of course, there are a lot of uh, superhero movies, but a lot of superhero comic book television shows right now that are super popular. Yeah. And not just superhero stuff, actually comic book stories in general. We've got just recently that came out Preacher. Uh, I think that's on AMC. And then, of course, we also have Walking Dead. And then there's all sorts of like big comic book related stuff on TV right now. And I think that something like Tokyo Ghoul would be more suited to kind of a television sort of serialization than like a self-contained movie would. And I think that would also be where it had most success, especially since zombies are still really big and Tokyo Ghoul is sort of, li- is sort of about zombies. So I think that Tokyo Ghoul would have a lot of potential as a TV series over here. Yeah, okay, I guess I could see that. If If not on like a like an actual big network, maybe something on Netflix at least. Yeah, Netflix probably is probably the one who most likely take a chance. And if not Netflix, like a smaller television network. Maybe Hulu. That's always yeah, an option. Yeah, maybe Hulu. Like, um, digital has opened a bunch of new venues for, like, shows that probably would not get made otherwise to get made. So I definitely think Wiz will look at those options, like, first because those are probably the avenues where they're most likely to get picked up. Anyway, enough enough Tokyo Ghoul talk. We we can't we can't get away from it. It's it's too hot. It's it's the new hotness. Um We have to do that Tokyo Ghoul episode. Uh, some do point, we though. have to? We do. God. Stupid popular manga. Okay, so uh, speaking of manga because, you know, that's totally what this podcast is, you know, not all about. I don't know why I said that. So, uh Comixology is doing a pretty cool thing. They are debuting a new uh, subscription service called Comixology Unlimited. And um, I actually, uh, when I got home today before recording the show, I did take the liberty of 
of of uh, signing up for a um, a free trial just to kind of see what exactly was up because I had just heard of this like I think either yesterday or the day before at the time we're recording this and uh, I was under the the assumption that maybe it was something akin to Marvel subscription service where I know on Marvel's website you, you pay a fee and you get like access to all of their comics. Like all of their all of their works, and that's pretty cool. Um, this this is this isn't necessarily the same. Um, apparently, um, I mean, I'm not sure if they if they plan on um, adding more to their um, to their service. I have to imagine they probably will. But so far with Comicsology Unlimited, you have the option to pay five ninety nine a month to gain access to a a pr- pretty huge selection of like. Not just manga, but you know, a lot of comics in general. But um it seems like a lot of the manga that they're offering it, it seems like it's just a lot of like volume ones and like essentially like the first couple of volumes of things, no like whole entire manga series at all. Because I, I think the the idea behind Comicsology Unlimited, at least hopefully for right now, is they want you to be able to try new series and kind of get started. Maybe find something that you like, and then, you know, if you read through enough of it, and you decide, oh, you know, I kind of like this thing, you know, after they, after you read their, uh, their collections of free samples, maybe, maybe go out and buy the rest of whatever you're reading. That's what it seems like they're trying to do at the moment, but I'm, I'm hoping at some point, maybe Comixology will offer, uh, offer the same kind of service that Marvel does for their site, where, you know, you pay a fee and you get access to all their stuff, but I I imagine either that probably won't happen just because Comicsology has a a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of comics. Not only do they have like a lot of Marvel and DC stuff, but they just have a lot of different comics and manga in general. So I can't imagine that like I mean, Marvel's a big company, so I feel like they're going to, especially with, like, you know, all the movies and TV shows and other media they dabble in. So they're going to make back money no matter what. But I feel like with Comixology, I feel like maybe, in theory, um, the the act of give, uh, basically giving people access to all of their material for a fee probably wouldn't make them as much money as they would think. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this, Sid? Comicsology Unlimited is really cool because this is basically what people have been wanting for a long time now. It's basically a Netflix for comic books. Like you pay a fee like every month, but and you can peruse through a huge assortment of different comic book series that you can just read at your leisure. Right now, the selection is limited. Right now, I think that right now they're just testing the waters, just seeing how many people are willing. Are are willing to go for this exactly, but at but at if they figure out like what kind of consumer base they have and what kind of titles are like people really getting the reading the most and like want to and like really going to their service to read them read um and that they'll expand the selections that they're currently offering. Uh, and they'll add more back catalog. Like it's kind of like Netflix. Netflix does not offer everything that they uh, they can give you in your in like uh, the DVD like service, like on their streaming service. 
and even in their streaming service, you're not going to get like every season of a show necessarily. Like you'll get most of the seasons and then the latest season will probably you'll not get until the show is out on DVD or uh, after a certain period of time, whatever contractual things. So there's a whole bunch of things that's often limit the selection, but the key point of Netflix streaming is that there's a huge variety of things for people to go there and then like binge watch and try and get interested in. And this works the same way is that you're for $6 a month. Basically you're going to have a huge selection of comic books, a whole assortment from different like publishers where you can go and you can check out titles that you're interested, interested in. And, they might not have all of it, but you can read uh, as many titles as you want uh, for how long you want, and you have the freedom to go out and just look up and buy uh, more volumes or more issues of series you do like, or using Comixology, or you know, wait for them to add it. And I do think that right that at some point they will add more back catalog. Uh, right now, you know, they're just keeping it small. But if this hopefully like blows up a bit and like it really gains traction, I can definitely see a lot more volumes of manga being added, a lot more issues of comic series being added, and this growing in scale to definitely more kind of as big as Netflix eventually grew. So I think that's very exciting. I also want to mention that while there's a lot of, well, most series offered on there right now are only offering volume ones. There are series that uh, have a few volumes, a few more volumes available. We have uh, basically all of what Comixology has, Cyberg 009, is available on the service, which is basically the first 10 volumes is what they have. Hmm. So you can read all of that series. Well, not all of that series, but all of what Comixology already has of that series on there. And then you can also read the first four volumes of Lone Wolf and Cub, the first three volumes of My Wife is Wakatsuma-san, the first three volumes of Neon Genesis Evangelion Shinji Akari Racing Project, if you want to read that up. I guess. And then the first three, and then the first three volumes of Seven Deadly Sins. And the fact that there are, these series do have like three, three plus volumes for them, uh, kind of also indicates to me that at some point that the other series will follow suit and we'll see more volumes being added. Yeah. So I think this is really cool. I think that this is going to, this is something that people have wanted for a while now, and I think that once it grows to the point where it's like Netflix, where you can get pretty much every show you could possibly want to watch, pretty much, and as much of that as is possible for them to have, then it'll be like a a really a really uh for every comic book fan, it'll be like a really essential service in a way. Like, and it'll be like, I, ugh, I don't know how to quite express it, but basically, basically it's cool. Yeah, it, it's it's a cool thing, something that I think needed to happen, and I I hope it's something that grows. Because mm-hmm. so far, uh, they only, in terms of the manga selection, they only have a lot of, uh, they have mostly like Kodansha and Dark Horse comics titles. 
I'm hoping some. I, I'm hoping at some point, if this grows, that Viz gets involved and maybe they give him at least a few of their titles. Uh, that that'd be nice. Yeah, Viz would be great because they have such a huge catalog. But also Yen Press, Vertical, basically anyone who is willing to like team up with Comixology for this, I think this can only be. I think it's going to be tricky. It's going to be kind of like the situation with anime on Netflix, and that we basically have mostly Funimation and Aniplex shows over there, and a scant few Viz titles. Like there's a whole bunch of like licensing like hoo-ha only the most popular stuff are on netflix so it'll probably be like that for like most titles comic title manga titles that get on this comicsology unlimited but i do hope to see those big titles get on here i do hope to see a whiz join with the service and offer stuff like naruto one piece all the big stuff that people want to read because i think that will only help Comicology Unlimited, but I think that'll also be good for Viz Media, too. And basically any mo- manga publisher who offers some of their more notable titles to this service and helps it grow. That would be nice. But uh, anyway, so speaking of Kodansha, um, I heard they had some uh, manga award stuff happening. You want to talk about that, Sid? Yes. The Japanese uh, 40th Angle Kodansha Manga Awards uh, recently happened, and a couple of awards were given out. The Best Shonen Manga Award was given to Days, which is getting an upcoming anime adaption. It's published in Weekly Shonen Magazine. Uh, it's basically Beck, but with soccer. I've read a bit of it, oh, okay. but I wasn't too into what I read, but I think the anime version might be better, so I think that's something to keep an eye on. The Best Shoujo Manga Award was given to Kiss Him, Not Me, that's a series that you can read on Crunchyroll, and it's basically about Fujoshi, who uh, she's kind of like uh, at the start of the series, she's kind of like unruly, like softly dressed, kind of overweight, but then she like kind of gets a complete makeover. She loses a lot of weight and stuff, and she ends up becoming really pretty and so a bunch of boys start fanning over her but she's a fujoshi and she only and she rather have them um hook up with each other than her so it's kind of interesting and funny that way that's uh that's a fun series that i need to read more of and yeah so that's a good one mm. uh the best and then finally the best general manga award was kondori and that's not a series that I think is licensed over here, but it's interesting. It's uh, it's about an obstetrician, which is some sort of doctor who who moonlights as a jazz musician, and uh, I mean obstetricians uh, are obstetricians have to do with. Uh, childbirth and child care okay so that's kind of interesting i i have to imagine that there are some pretty intimate kind of humanistic like elements to the series that would probably make for an interesting read so that's the title that might be worth keeping an eye on and maybe it will be licensed at some point yeah that sounds interesting enough anyway speaking of shonen manga uh so uh this this story is kind of odd so I'm not sure how many of our listeners are probably familiar with uh, Jump Next. Um, Jump Next has a weird history where 
it used to be one magazine, and then it turned into another magazine, then it turned into another magazine, and then it turned into Jump Next. It's got a weird publication history, a lot of rebrandings, all sorts of stuff, but it, essentially Jump Next um, essentially runs a lot of, like, uh, different spin-off manga chapters from, like, different Weekly Shonen Jump series, and uh, is also the home for, like, different one-shot manga titles from, you know, new and old authors from uh, that have worked with Shonen Jump, or, you know, uh, one-shots by uh, by newcoming uh, authors as well. I know that they, they post a lot of, or they post, they publish a lot of that kind of stuff in there, too. Um, and from what I can tell, it's also, um, it used to be kind of a seasonal magazine, like, they'd publish, like, four issues a year, and now I think they're publishing, like, um, uh, an issue like every other month or something. Um, I th- I actually think the uh, Kuroko's Basketball uh, spinoff thing ran in here, which I think might have ended. Oh, yeah. Extra game. Yeah. It's getting a movie next year. Apparently it was pretty popular because Kuroko's Basketball is still kind of popular. Um, Still need to read that, but... Uh, extra, great- extra game is terrible. Oh, boy. Uh, so... So Shonen Jump next is um, is going to be changing names once again. Uh, it seems like it's p- possibly going to be changing to uh, Jump Giga, and its concept will be quote unquote a special edition for evolved newcomers. Whatever the hell that means. Um, it seems like the, the magazine is going to launch with its name change uh, this summer, and uh, apparently it's going to feature uh, completely new serialized works from. Uh, from authors who uh, who work for the main weekly Shonen Jump magazine, as uh, as well as serialized works from other authors, uh, th- there's no real specification as to which authors are going to be working for this particular magazine. Uh, weekly Shonen Jump is going to be uh, giving more details in later issues, obviously. So that's kind of cool. I'd like to see what uh, what they publish in this new magazine. If anything, I hope um, I hope the Viz Jump starts. Uh, because something they they promised uh, a little while ago, like a year or two ago, I think at this point, was that uh, was that subscribers to Viz's magazine would um, would receive like subscriber exclusive like one shots and stuff. And I kind of wish, I mean, we've we've gotten those here and there, but I I kind of hope we get more of those um, as soon as this um, gets its rebranding. Because because uh, I feel like this could be a good place to draw material from. Mm-hmm. I definitely re- want to see like more one shots pop up, so hopefully we can see some more of that in Viz Jump in the future. Yeah, it would be nice. But uh, enough about Jump. Uh, I hear Kodansha is uh, bringing over more stuff. Yeah, let's go back to Kodansha. So Kodansha has licensed a new series, uh, Happiness, and fans of Flowers of Evil will be interested in this because it's by the same mangaka, Shuzo Oshimi. And it's basically a story about sexual awakening. But it's like uh, the the series uses vampires and like vampirism like as a metaphor for sexual awakening. So so basically so, so, so basically Twilight. Twilight, but it's no, but, because but, there's, so, no, so tw- there's no... So Twilight, but even more sexy. Is that what you're telling me? No, because there's no <laughs> stupid... Because there's no stupid, like, terrible, 
main characters who and the vampires are actually vampires. Well, well, hold on. Do we know that? Do we actually know that? It could it could be terrible. I know that because I read the series. Okay, I I didn't know that actually. <laughs> yeah, I read the. I've been reading series since it was first being uh, scanlated. It's very interesting, very good. The art is excellent. Uh, okay, the storyline is very intriguing and it's very dark. But there's also slivers of hope. I think I feel based on what I've read of Tokyo Ghoul is actually very similar. So I think Tokyo Ghoul fans will also really like this. Okay. So uh, this is one I'm definitely happy to see an announcement for because this is one of the more. Uh, this is something that I've found very interesting to read since it first came out. I'm definitely happy to see it legally available over here. Even though I have not uh, read Flowers of Evil yet, though I probably should read the manga considering how much i enjoy happiness mm, okay i was turned off of the anime though just because of the style yeah yeah, yeah you you and a lot of other people um but but sid we, we got to mention the most important thing that kodansha usa is bringing over and that is of course uh what is more important to kodansha usa than attack on titan i mean that's their bestseller right so of course they brought over two new attack on titan books uh, oh, re- oh, really? Well, what are they? Yes, they've brought over a ta- an Attack on Titan coloring book. Okay, th- not what I was expecting, but cool. Yes. All, 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 the, all the kids are going to want an Attack on Titan coloring book. They're going to sell them all over Walmart, I'm sure. Well, I'm pretty sure they are selling Attack on Titan in Walmarts now. No, I'm, so, I'm sure. Yeah. In addition to that, they're also selling uh, Attack on Titan, the anime guide. Boring. Which is basically a guidebook on the TV anime. If you ever read, like, an anime guidebook, like, it basically it basically shows screenshots and character designs from the anime. Sometimes you get, like, really interesting information in there, but a lot of times it's just a bunch of, like, color spreads and color spits or like just recap of the show and episode guys or whatever but who knows this is like 176 pages long so it might have a lot of interesting stuff in it i cannot i cannot believe attack on titan coloring books exist why <laughs> I, you know what i bet you i bet you anything next time i go to hot topic they're gonna they're gonna have at least a couple some way somehow Going down to town to Hot Topic. I was singing the Burn Down the Hot Topic song from that episode of South Park. I haven't watched South Park in a couple of years, so that went right over my head. Whenever I think, <laughs> whenever I hear hot, think of Hot Topic, I think of that song. Well, clearly, I gotta, I gotta catch up on my South Park. I mean, that's the season twelve episodes. I don't know when you stopped watching South Park, but that was like not seven years ago. Honestly, so. I don't. I don't know either. <laughs> I never really kept up with it too, uh, too, uh, too, too frequently. Anyway, though, I still like it. Anyway, en- enough enough about South Park. So, um, Yen Press is licensing some stuff. So that's so that's kind of cool. So they're they've. They've licensed they licenses a bit. They licensed about uh three titles so far, I think since the last time we recorded. Um uh they they've licensed the uh the light novel and manga adaptations of uh Goblin Slayer, Konosuba, and something called Death March to the Parallel World Rhapsody. That is a mouthful. Um so for uh, for Goblin Slayer in particular 
it seems like uh, Yen Press is going to be publishing the manga simultaneously with its Japanese release. Um, actually, by the time you're listening to this, uh, by the time you're listening to this, that'll have already happened. Um, on on May 25th, it was uh, it was released simultaneously with Japan. So uh, that's kind of cool. I, I hope I hope more manga publishers over here can do that. But uh, so that's cool. Um, I I don't know anything about Death March to the Parallel World Rhapsody. But I did actually watch a little bit of the Konosuba anime on Crunchyroll, and from what I remember, it's, um, so I thought some of it was kind of funny. It actually, I didn't think it was terrible for something, for, for, for an anime adaptation of a light novel, which I usually don't like them. I don't like those kind of anime. Um, it was, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I would watch more when I have the time. Um, I'm not sure if I like it enough to want to go read the light novel or read the manga, but, I don't know. It, it gets a gets a thumbs up for me. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, the only one of these I've heard of before is Konosuba. I haven't watched Konosuba yet. I've heard mixed opinions from people. Some people thought it was really funny. Some people uh, didn't really like it as much. It just wasn't for them. Yeah, I might check it out at some point because it seems that I might. It might be something that I'd be into. It's got a. It's got a certain kind of charm. I'll say. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Goblin Slayer in particular, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, at the cover for it, and um, I don't know. This looks like something that could either be kind of decent or kind of lame. But I mean, you never know. Um, may- maybe I'll check out the manga for this. Seems like it could be okay, but again, you never know. But uh, I hear Vertical also licensed a thing as well. Oh yes, uh- something very popular this season as well too. Yeah, so surprisingly popular, I thought. A lot of people have been watching uh, this season, Flying Witch, which is basically this slice-of-life show about this uh, witch who lives in, like, rural, a, a rural, like, home in Japan, and just her daily life and stuff. Hmm. I only watched the first episode, but I thought it was quaint and kind of cute. And so Vertical has launched the manga version of the series, and they plan to release that next year. So that's pretty interesting. I think that maybe the popularity of the anime uh, over here has uh, had uh, influenced this decision. So I think that's pretty cool for fans of the series, and I probably should like watch more of that since it seems to like really be one of the most talked about and most praised series out right now. Yeah, that's definitely one of them. I mean, I, I'm i only not watching it because, I mean, one, I'm already watching too many shows this season as is, and then two, it didn't look like too terribly interesting to me. It's it, it's probably something I'll probably get around to on my own time. Again, it's, it's not something that I really want to watch weekly, but, you know, I'll, I'll probably get around to it. It's not a terribly high priority, though. Yeah, it seems more like a lazy Sunday, Saturday show where you binge watch it just all in a row than something that I could really, like, be excited for every week to watch. Like, I, that's what I wrote kind of in my review of it for, like, the preview guide on Animation Elevation, in that it's not a show that I think would get people excited to watch every week, but I guess I'm wrong about that because people seem to love it, but... yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, our next thing we wanted to mention. Uh, so, seems like Attack on Titan Junior High is probably going to be ending soon. You know, 
Attack on Titan Junior High, that that one thing that for some reason got released over here. It got an anime too for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Even though before the fall still hasn't got an anime. I don't know. I don't know what it is about Attack on Titan Junior High. I watched the first episode of it and I thought it was kind of cute, but I mean this is really something for people who are like, you know, fans of the original source material which as much as I like I don't mind Attack on Titan. I I like it, but I don't like it enough to to you know consume every little every little piece of media that comes out from it honestly um though i wouldn't mind reading over the wall that i hear that i hear that's actually pretty interesting but uh yeah before the fall is really good oh before the fall that's right yeah i i really enjoy that one like uh but like like attack on titan junior high is like the equivalent to something like uh rock lee springtime of youth you know that one naruto spinoff that everybody for a while was like Oh hey, this is this is real Naruto. This is this is the better Naruto. You should watch this. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like Rock Lee's being kind of viewed in that it's kind of predict. It's like it's chibi com chibi comedy. The jokes are kind of like childish. There's a lot of toilet humor, kind of predictable jokes, in jokes, yeah, all that stuff. Like I don't. I mean, it's okay, I think, for, like, fans who just really want more Attack on Titan and just find this stuff in of itself amusing because it involves the characters in, like, cutesy, wacky situations, but it's not really very clever, or, like, the jokes aren't very, like, really laugh-out-loud funny, in my opinion. Like, the, mo- the main problem is that they're kind of predictable and clever and lacking of really any wit. But I think that, I think that, like, stuff, a chippy, like, comedies that I like, or, like, uh, comedy spin-offs of series I like, like, there's Harui-chan, I thought that was really, in- that was, that's really fun. Uh, just the way it uses the characters and gives them, like, some of them different personalities, like Nagato is very, like, kind of mean-spirited and, like, snarky and, like, a super obsessive otaku. And then she, like, Asakura is reincarnated and she ha- is, like, a, like, little, like, chibi. Like, no, she's, like, really small. She's, like, smaller than, like, a baby or whatever. And, like, she she's still trying to do, like like, her evil schemes, but she's, like, trapped in, like, this small body. And so Nagato easily is able to exploit her and, like, make her and distract her and stuff. And, like, that's funny. I like... So I like Haru-chan. And then I also like uh, Carnival Phantasm because that takes all the type moon characters and, like, it, like, puts them in really crazy situations that's really fun... That's really, like, uh, out there and weird... Like, I've only ever actually, I've only, like, watched Fate's Day Night Unlimited Blade Works, so I only know the Fate characters, I don't know the Tsukihime characters, but I still even enjoy the Tsukihime character segments, because it just stands up as its own on a comedy, because the jokes are very good, and they 
and like there's a lot of in jokes, but it's also just very general slapstick comedy and crazy shenanigans are a lot of fun. So I like I think those comedies are better examples of stuff that like make gag comedy mangas out of like other series but they actually make them work as standalone products and actually have more thought and like cleverness put into them and like twisting the concepts of the series around them to make like really good humor out of them so i think those are better examples of like the right way to make like a comedy manga spinoff and Attack on Tiny Junior High and Rockley Springtime Malute Ute is kind of more lazy, kind of like not not very like inspired way of going about it. It's very predictable, very like uh, let's just make fun of this or let's just do this toilet humor. And it's funny because it's just these characters, but there's no really there's no substance. Hey, let's let's make uh, Neji and and Rock Lee and Orochimaru and all your favorite characters dress in drag because that's funny. Yeah, it's funny because the characters are dressing in drag, so that has to be funny, right? <laughs> it's funny because Orochimaru's not a girl, but he's wearing a dress. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, the one thing you can give Rock Lee Springtime of Ute is that Ten Ten is more useful there than she ever was <laughs> in the main series. <laughs> Yeah, she gets more screen time too. Tenten <laughs> Tenten does more in spin-offs and like anime filler than she ever does in like the Naruto manga canon material. Like seriously, the anime actually goes out of her way to give her stuff to do. <laughs> that's God, that's kind of sad. Um here there's 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 another there's another um gag spin-off manga ending though. Oh yes, and this is actually an example of a good like gag comedy spin-off manga that like I was talking about like Hari Chan and Carmel Phantasm, Didi Fisted and North Star. That's gonna be ending in June. Uh it has two anime seasons. Uh and I really I watched the late the second season like when it came out last year. I didn't really think that it was gonna be like anything big or special i just wanted to check it out because i just got it into fist of the north star like last summer and i really i like fist of the north star and i was like you know what i'll check this out and if it's bad i'll just write a bad uh write a negative review of it for the spring preview guide for anime it's the fall preview guide for animation revelation so i watched it but i actually really enjoy dd fist of the north star uh i think it like it it's what i this is what I was talking about. Is that it's not just like obvious jokes. Like you're, you, this joke is funny because this character is doing it. It's like it takes the characters of Fist and North Star and it twists them around and like uh, changes the setting and uses it in a way that like takes the transforms the material and makes comedy that is not overly reliant on just referencing back to the original material that it stands on its own. And a lot of the, there's a lot of fun things that they do in that series and how they like change the personalities of some of the characters a bit. Like Toki is like this really money obsessed like a uh, character who's like always scheming like like these harebrained scheme get rich quick schemes. And then Rao is this like earnest like muscle brawn brute but he has like uh he's really gullible and is and it's he's like a 
it's like he gets in a lot of like um crazy situations and then Kenshiro is like how you expect Kenshiro he's kind of like straight faced but he's in this gag manga setting so he ha- he deals with it like in crazy gag manga ways like say how Bobobo would deal with something but he takes it serious he takes it seriously but he's doing something ridiculous to solve a problem so that makes it entertaining. <laughs> and then the Rin is really, and Rin was really funny too, because she's like, uh, like she's like this super like fast talking, like witty character who's always, who always like kind of pokes fun at how dumb and a uh, situation is. She's kind of like beauty, but she doesn't overreact to anything. She actually just says it with a straight, straight face and is unimpressed with everything. So that's, that, that's fun. I, see, I like what Fist, Duty Fist of the North Star does with the characters and the jokes they, it makes with them and like all those scenarios. I think that's more clever. There's more thought that goes into it and it's not just taking the characters from Fist of the North Star and going, hey, Rao is cross-dressing. Oh, hey, Rao has to date this fat chick or, do like Kenshiro, Kenshiro, Ra, Toki and Rao are attending high school now. It's doing more. It does more than that. There's more thought put into it. And, the, and so that's what I liked about it. And so I found it a lot of fun. So, yeah. So I want to, I need to watch the first season of that at some point because I enjoyed the second season. So, yeah, uh, this is actually a series I would I would like to maybe see come out in English over here. Obviously, I prefer reg- the Fist of the North Star itself to get a proper release over here. But you know, if th- I would like also to see the manga version of DD Fist of the North Star come out over here because I found that pretty fun. So there we go. But you know, in a in addition to uh, all of the you know all the manga that seem to be ending again, we 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 cover a lot of like ending manga. It seems. Uh, it, it looks like, um, a, a few, a few new manga are, uh, are on the horizon once again. And, uh, what, what's, what's the first thing coming up here? Yes. Uh, many people might know, uh, Oh My Goddess. It's very pop. It was a very popular long running, uh, romantic comedy series. And, and I've, I've never, I've never read a chapter of that. Neither have I, though I do want to at some point, but the creator of Oh My Goddess, Kusuke Fushijima, has launched his newest series, Topu GP, and Kodansha Comics is simultaneously releasing it in English on Kindle and Comixology the same day that uh, the chapters debuted in, in uh, Kodansha's Afternoon Magazine in Japan. The chapters cost $2 each, uh, so it is... I guess a more expensive than it would be to buy like a new chapter of Platinum End on Wiz monthly, but yeah, and for for people who don't know, Platinum End is a monthly series, so yeah, you're... this is weekly. Yeah, so well, and no, this mo- is actually monthly. this is actually monthly. Actually, sorry. Okay, it is. Yeah, okay. so yeah. it so I guess it, but. It, this is also it's, it should it should have more than like twenty pages. It, it it's got to have it for if it's if it's a monthly series, it's got to have at least like thirty thirty five pages. Yeah, you're getting a decent bang for your buck at that price. Yeah, that's like a that's like a normal issue of uh, 
of like an American comic, I'd say. Maybe maybe just a tiny bit more. Mm-hmm. And the premise of the series is interesting. It's very different than Oh My Goddess. It's that it's about motorcycle racing. And apparently the manga is going to feature obsessively accurate depictions of mechanical equipment, motorcycles, and cars. And also will have the cooperation of various Japanese motorcycle makers, motorcycle wear companies, and various circuits in Japan. So this is very interesting. This is basically a motorcycle sports series. So kind of like a motorcycle version of Initial D in a way. That's pretty interesting. This, the- this this kind of sounds really similar to what I've heard of um, Bakuan. No. Which I... No, is it not? No, because it's not like K-On with motorcycles. Oh, but... Well, I mean, again, I, I haven't actually seen the show. I, I just see people in my Twitter bubble constantly screen cap it and talk about it. But I... Is it is it not the same thing? Because don't they have like other uh don't don't they have like product placement for different motorcycle products and stuff or am i well they do have product placement for motorcycle um products but uh i mean that in the sense that this is more really of this is more of a sports series in a more traditional sense whereas bakuan is more of a slice of life series that has motorcycle racing in it kind of like kon is a slice of life series that has music band stuff in it like okay i see it's not it's they don't they both store to deal with the same topic but they approach it in different angles okay so uh, so so i'm assuming we'd probably be able to take uh take topo gp a little more seriously yes i think topo gp is more a more like straightforward like there's uh, as a sports series well as bakuan is a comedy but anyway, uh, we got we got some more new manga coming. Uh, there is a new manga series that I, I believe uh, a, f- a few weeks ago at this point is already uh, premiered in uh, Kodansha's monthly shonen magazine from uh, Naoshi Arakawa, the author of Your Lie in April, uh, entitled Farewell, My Dear Kramer, or Kramer, however you want to pronounce that. So... Uh, essentially from, from the little I've seen of this, it seems to be, uh, a women's soccer manga. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't see too many, like, female sports series. Like, the only one I've read is Cross Manage, which I, I really love Cross Manage. But yeah, I've not seen too many, like, female sports series, so I know they're out there. So I'm definitely, like, interested in this just from the subject alone, just because I haven't encountered, like, too many series like this. Yeah, I wouldn't mind giving it a try, um, even though I... God, I'm so horrible. I've never read Your Lie in April, but I, I do have I do have the first volume on com- Comixology, so maybe I should, like, give that a try at some point. Um, but uh, just, just, just like with T- Topu GP, uh, you can read Farewell, My Dear Kramer simultaneously uh, through uh, Amazon Kindle and Comixology, no, uh, thanks to uh, Kodansha. Um, I believe this is... Well, yeah, I, oh, I just said it. Yeah, it's it. It runs in monthly Shonen magazine, so obviously it's a monthly series. So, you know, you you'll, you'll get a couple more than you know twenty thirty pages in there for uh, for a dollar ninety nine. So that's cool. And then uh, we also got uh, this is something I'm actually really excited for. Uh, looks like uh, let's see, uh, Yoshitoki Oima. For those of you who don't know, uh, is the author of A Silent Voice, aka uh, Koino Katachi. Which, if you haven't read that, you need to read it. It's really good. Probably one of my top ten favorite manga of all time, and that's not something I say lightly. Top five for me. 
Yeah, that's fair. I can I can see that. Uh, Weekly Shonen Magazine is apparently teasing uh, her her next uh, her 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 next uh, project already. It's apparently planned for this fall. Uh, it's gonna be a uh, looks like it's gonna be more of a fantasy kind of series. Uh, from from the art I'm seeing here, it it already looks really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I really like the colors for this. And uh, according to the magazine, uh, the currently unnamed series promises a heart-wrenching perspective on gentleness and severity. So, I think we could say it's probably going to be another uh, another heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to make me cry again. Yeah. Uh, Silent Voice was just such an experience to read as it was coming out. Like, there was oh, so many emotions each week, every new chapter. So, I'm... Definitely ready for another world of feels from Oma. Silent Voice is like one of the best stories that I've ever read. Just best stories in general. And so I'm re- I really believe in Oma's talent as a writer. And I'm really excited to see what she's going to bring to the table with this new work. And what a new fa- and with this fantasy setting. And yes, uh, the art is just... The art in this preview image is really gorgeous. And while there isn't a whole lot of details yet on, like, the specifics of the series, I think just the folk, the teams that are mentioned and the content contained in this visual, I can, I feel like I can sort of guess that the tone that will be coming across in the series. And I think that is something that I'm going to really enjoy. And so I'm really excited for it. Yeah. I wonder if this will be like um, the. I mean, uh, obviously, we don't know anything about the premise yet, but so far, this this feels like this feels like if Oima wanted to uh, write and draw something akin to like Vinland Saga, it kind of has that sort of rustic uh, uh, fantasy kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it it definitely could be a lot more different than Vinland Saga. Probably won't be. As um, I, I know, Vinland Saga is pretty violent, isn't it? Yeah, Vinland Saga is pretty bloody, but Vinland Saga's greatest strength is like the its story of like redemption and like Torfin's character arc of becoming a killer to this advocate of nonviolence. So there's there's a lot of thought in Vinland Saga's story. So in that regards, they might end up being similar. But We'll see what really the subject matter of the series is over about, all about. I don't think this is going to be like a fighting kind of fantasy series. This is going to be Probably more, not. Of a, more of a like down to earth kind of like more realistic in a sense kind of story like a silent voice. Not exactly slice of life. That's not how I want to describe it, but more like a drama, I would say. I could see it being sort of like a sort of like a, a, uh, rustic fantasy kind of like survival kind of manga not not survival in the sense of you know like a battle manga but like maybe yeah, it'll be survival like against a harsh environment yeah something like that i could see that um but um anyway uh i guess crunchyroll added uh added some new manga or at least one or two new manga yeah uh they took off just i'll mention this first in case people didn't know it already, they took off uh, a couple titles recently. Oh, uh, did they? Yeah, um, mainly ones that they had from uh, Saito, the creator of Gogol 13. 
So a lot, all the stuff that. He- oh wait, what? I didn't know. I didn't know he had stuff on there. What? They took that away? Yeah, that stuff was on there for three years, man. You didn't know? No, I just, I just recently got it. The Goal of Thirteen. I didn't know. I didn't know. I would like it so much. No, and I'm upset. Oh. Look what you did to be sick. Oh man, because those titles, those titles are not available anywhere else either. So yeah, uh, late. Like, uh, Dolled Hotel Detective, Japan Stinks, Shadow Man, Barum One, all gone off of, uh, Country Roll. Sid, I think you, I think you should just do the rest of the podcast by yourself, because I'm probably gonna go cry in a corner. Gonna go weep, cry to sleep. Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go weep at the, at the manga that I, I missed my chance. I missed it. I, I just, I just got into Gogo 13. Just quietly sob like Sigao Kun in Ashibi. Mm. That sound that the cow chug makes. That sound Actually, yeah, uh, I don't mean to take your story away from you, but yeah, that's actually, um, it's kind of old news at this point, but along with the title we were just going to mention uh, in a second, uh, they, they did pick up, because uh, Crunchyroll is airing a cute little kids anime called uh, Shonenashi Bay Go Go Gomachan, which... If you like cute kids shows, go watch it. It's really cute. It's so cute. I love it. It's also pretty funny, especially anything involving Tsukaoka. Yeah, it's... I I wouldn't say it's... Like, not every episode's funny, but there are one or two so far that I, I found really enjoyable. Yeah, the um, one that focuses on Tsukaoka's, like, family, like, living in this foreign country, and, like... He has to learn the foreign language to talk to other people. And then this girl cries because she thinks the gal is angry at him, but that's just how his face looks. And then his teacher is this, like, really flaky person and cowardly person. <laughs> and then they. And, and then he becomes friends with a Yeti, like. I think, I think Sugao probably has a better show than Ashibe so far. Yeah. Sugao's like, where, where's Sugao's show? Um, but yeah, they, um, I guess a, a new manga for, uh, Shonen Ashibe recently just, uh, started publishing and Crunchyroll picked it up. But the, the thing, the thing with that manga in particular is that, um, cause for those who don't know, Shonen Ashibe is actually, um, not, not terribly old, but it's, it's, it's a property that's been around. Like, I, I actually own the first volume. I think of the original manga. My, my Japanese teacher, uh, gave it to me as a gift, but I, I never really read through it because it has a lot of like kanji and furigana, which, of which I cannot read. So it's kind of hard to read, which is why I never really read it. But, um, yeah, so I, I had been aware of the manga for a while and I, I never thought I would ever get the chance to actually read or watch any Shonen Ashibe related anything translated, honestly. So I like that I get to watch the anime from Crunchyroll, but from what I've skimmed of the manga, it's like this manga in particular is, is definitely not the original. And I can confirm that. Um, but it, it seems to be more like, Oh, here we got a new anime for this thing. Let's it, like, it seems to be more like just a, a straight adaptation of the anime that's airing yeah, right it's now. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, so, which is why I'm not really too particularly interested in it, honestly, which is kind of a shame. Um, but, uh, uh, the, the manga that we were actually going to talk about isn't necessarily that, which is good. Mm-hmm. So, similar to how Crunchyroll has the manga version of Shonen Ashibe on their manga service, uh, they also have the manga version of Space Patrol Luluko. Uh, 
which they recently added. And this is not a straight adaption of the uh, Luluko anime like the Shonen Ashibe manga is. This is more of a four coma style manga. And it loosely, like, goes through, like, story beats in the anime, but it doesn't, like, completely replicate them. And there's a bunch of, like, original jokes and content in the manga version. So it's a four coma. So it's not all, not every, like, joke is necessarily the best or, like, really lands or is super laugh out loud funny, but it is, like, enjoyable enough to read and it is a different experience or a good supplementary experience to those enjoying the Luluko manga yeah I, I was kind of skimming through it. it it seemed like it was okay again nothing outright terrible I'm I'm probably gonna keep up more so with the anime because I I I only watched it just because like I saw some people talking about it and I was just kind of like whatever i'll watch it sure and at first i was just kind of met about it like it, it was cute it was colorful it was nice to look at and it was short so i'm not exactly you know it's not exactly a big time waster but well i guess technically it kind of is but you know it's not a 30 minute show and plus i i'm i'm i've kind of warmed up to the idea of shorter anime over the years honestly mm-hmm. um uh, but but n- the more it goes on and the more i watch it the more i really start to like it yeah, I love how it's based. I've basically gotten to the point where it's basically just making entire episodes built around referencing other Gaining shows. In fact, this entire universe is basically built a- around referencing other Gaining and Trigger shows that the creators have worked on, which is pretty great. Like, there's been an episode set in like a post-apocalyptic, like Kill a Kill world, where like. Um, like the covers actually took over and then there's like an episode that takes place in the world of Little Witch Academia. I mean, uh, we better get a girl like on episode, but yeah, this is a, this is. Oh yeah. Uh, we better. Yeah. We better. If, if we don't, I'm going to be really upset because I love Gurren Lagann. Um, see, that's a, that's the thing too, actually, and I promise we'll move on in just a second. But, um, the thing is also, I, I feel like ever since, Kill a Kill and Penny and Stocking and a lot of that stuff. I, I kind of fallen out of Gynax and Trigger stuff. Like I don't like I watched Gurren Lagann and then pretty much after that, I none of their other stuff has really clicked with me. Did you watch Kill a Kill? I yeah, I watched it week to week and I really liked watching it week to week. But like as soon as I finished it, I never thought about it again. Like it didn't really like leave too much of an impression on me afterwards, unfortunately. But that's that's just me personally. I know a lot of other people feel differently, but uh I feel like Luluko is the first thing from Trigger that I've like actually like legitimately enjoyed in the past couple of years recently. I mean that same because Trigger really hasn't made much of interest since Kill Like their follow up to Kill Kill was Inu Battle, which was really lame. And then they've hyped up Ninja Slayer, and everyone's like, oh my god, Ninja Slayer is gonna be the best anime of 2015! But, no, it's Inferno Cop, but it's not good. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I have never seen Inferno Cop, but from the little I've seen of Ninja Slayer, I'm assuming that it, I, I kind of already know what it's about. But to be fair, Ninja Slayer was the best anime for uh, of the year for an episode. 
because that first episode was pretty great, but unfortunately, it, like, it kind of stayed the same, and then it also tried to be serious, also uh, tried to, you know, be cheap, and it wasn't really all that funny. It, it lost its novelty pretty fast with me, honestly. Yeah, if maybe if Ninja Slayer was short, like Inferno Cop was, like the episodes were like only two minutes long, then maybe it would at least been enjoyable in the same way Inferno Cop is enjoyable, but it's like 11 minutes long. Yeah. It's like, it does, it's not, it's not well, it's like, has very limited animation, but it doesn't have a whole lot of wit, and then just it does it lost its appeal. I didn't like the first episode; like I kind of got what they were trying to go, but I didn't like. I I didn't think it was very good, and then the second episode, yeah. See, see, I see, I loved it because I didn't think it was going to be so limited, and I. I really liked what we got, and I thought, again, I thought it was, I thought for that first episode, it was pretty funny, but then they kind of, they kind of stuck with that same thing in the second episode, and I was like, oh, okay, it's a lot of the same thing, but it's only the second episode, I'll keep watching, and then they, then they try to, like, actually, like, I, I feel like the writing for the show got a, became a little more different by the third episode, they were trying to introduce, like, new characters and new subplots and stuff that... I wasn't sure whether I was supposed to take seriously or not with all this, like, laughably limited animation. Mm-hmm. Inferno Cop, like, I mean, uh, Ninja Slayer might have been, like, amusing as a novelty if it had just been that one episode, that one first episode and nothing else. But yeah. it's a, it, and it's a series that ended up being a series. So it wasn't. It it overstayed its welcome. Um, but you know what anime I'm excited about? Mm. There's a there's a new anime coming out this July. Actually, it's coming out pretty damn soon. I like th- this was announced like I think a couple weeks ago at this point, like right at the beginning of May, I believe, sometime around then. And I'm kind of surprised this is coming out so soon, but uh, um. It, this the manga for this unfortunately doesn't have a it doesn't have an official release over here. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, uh, some people might recognize this if you if you own like Jump. Uh, what was it? J Star's Victory Versus, because the uh, the main character for the series is playable, and that is uh, Saiki Kuso. Um, it, it's a series essentially about this about this pink haired kid with glasses and uh in. in funny little antennas and he has psychic powers and it's essentially like a slice of life gag manga kind of thing about him just living his life with psychic powers and all the crazy wacky characters he has to he he, he gets to you know spend his day days with in high school and fr- from the little i've read of it out there it's it's very wordy but some of it's pretty funny i liked it um I haven't gotten the chance to read too much of it since then, but uh, I probably won't have to because there's, like I said, there's an anime coming out for it this July, and I can't wait to watch it. Um, it looks like it's going to be animated by um, uh, Egg Firm and JC Staff, which I should have looked this up ahead of time, but I know I recognize JC Staff. I just, I don't remember what else they've done. JC Staff uh, did the Food Wars anime. Okay, there you go. So, um, I mean, from what I've read of Saiki Kuso, 
Um, it's or Kusuo. Uh, it's. I don't think there's gonna be a ton in there that's gonna require a lot of like super fantastical animation, or really even a lot of animation at all. But you know, I, I think I think JC staff is is um is good enough for the job. I think. Mm. Um, I mean, not 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 that Food Wars wasn't good because I thought Food Wars was competently done. Like, I mean, it was it was at least well drawn and the the food especially looked pretty good because you know it's a it's a cooking series originally. But uh, I don't know, Sid. Sid, have you read any of this at all? Like, do you know anything about it? Yeah, I like Psyche Kusho a lot. Um, I like Psyche himself just as a protagonist and like he really does not want to have to do anything with all these people <laughs> who bug him and but he they keep getting like surround him and they keep bugging him and they keep forcing him to do things that require him to use his psychic powers and all he wants to do is just get on with his life and just live a normal like unassuming life and I, I like his frustrated attitude towards things but how he he's still like amiable enough to like solve people's problems if they really need it like he's not like a jerk so I like that about him so, and I find all his supporting cast really amusing, particularly Nendo, who's just this big, like, goofball, like, who's always hanging around Psyche, calling him partner. Like, he's funny. Like, uh, so I, I think I enjoy the series. Yeah, this, it's not, it's not a, I mean, the manga itself is not the best drawn in the world, so it doesn't need to necessarily the best animation in the world, though I, I wouldn't have heard it at all it would have probably have helped it but yeah I, I so i'm not so animation wise it doesn't need that much it's all gonna come down to the performances of the voice actors and the comedic timing so i just hope that all is executed well yeah and i think if that is all done well then i'll enjoy it i'm just i guess i am concerned that this was announced just so recently before its premiere date only because because that to me kind of seems like that they might not have put in a whole lot of uh pre-production time before this anime is put on the air so i might be more so i'm kind of worried that a lot of it's going to feel like a rush kind of sloppily put together project but yeah. i'm still i've been hoping that they for pe- that they'd make us psyche anime so i'm glad that it's finally happening and i hope i hope that it turns out pretty enjoyable because i do think the series needs more attention i would like to meet read more of it i would like to experience more of it so you know if this anime helps increase its popularity and we get the manga maybe licensed over here you know i'll consider that a victory so yeah, I hope so. Though I have trep, yeah. So I have trepidations, but I am looking forward to the anime. Yeah, regardless, I'm especially looking forward to it uh, because uh, Hiroshi Kamiya is going to be voicing uh, the main character uh, Saiki Kusuo. Who, in case you don't know, voice actors, because apparently every time I assume people know him, they're like, "Golden, what are you talking about? I don't know who this guy is. I don't know voice actors." Uh, Hiroshi Kamiya has voiced a lot of really popular characters, such as uh, Levi from Attack on Titan. Uh, Trafalgar Law from One Piece. Um, uh, I know there's one I'm off the top of my tongue. Uh, Chotamatsu from, uh, Osamatsu. I know that was pretty big for a while. It, I think it still is. Um, 
But those are those are just some examples. I I can't wait for this either. But um, let, let's get to uh, these last couple of news stories are kind of doozies. So uh, so yeah, here. Uh, okay, uh, let's let's start with this one. So Full Metal Alchemist is uh is getting a live action adaptation in winter 2017. How do we feel about this? Well, it's. Well, let's first uh, point out that it's in Japan. Yes. So not in U.S. Yes, this is this is going to be a Warner Brothers uh, a Warner Brothers Japan production. I kind of found it hilarious that there's an article that came out recently. You know, there's this whole whitewashing scandal, right? Yeah, With, yeah. Like Ghost in the Shell and um, Doctor Strange and stuff. So I found so there was this article I found it kind of weird. This basically praising the Full Metal Alchemist movie for having a Jap all Japanese cast, <laughs> even though the characters are European. Even, even though you think about it, yeah, it's a Japanese pr- movie. It's like <laughs> of course they're going to have like an all Japanese cast. So that was kind of that was kind of a weird article. Uh, yeah, I read like recently. I, I kind of understand the the irony in that. How yeah, this whole whitewashing thing has kind of become a pretty current issue and topic to talk about. Yet you know, when uh, now that we get you know this news and you know uh, you know obviously it's like you said it's a Japanese production, so of course it's going to have an all Japanese cast. But you know, yeah, I'm surprised nobody is nobody is up in arms that. You know, that, like, because Full Metal Alchemist is a pretty, like, it's a pretty Western-style manga. Like, it, it ta- I think you even just said it, it takes place in a very, like, European setting to an extent. So, I mean, I don't know. It's such such a weird topic to me. Um, but I, I think regardless, um, I actually think that uh, Full Metal Alchemist... Out of anything, out of any anime manga property that that could have gotten a live action adaptation, I feel like this could actually work. Mm-hmm. Oh, most certainly. And like, I, I would, I would actually be excited to see this. Yeah, you know, I don't know if this film will be necessarily great, just because I think, just in my experience, I haven't watched many great live-action adaptions of manga and anime oh, properties. Oh, yeah, same, same. But, I mean, the potential is definitely here. I mean, Full Metal Alchemist is one of those series that could work wonders in live-action. It's perfectly suited for it. I think that it's surprising that Hollywood has not, like, picked up the series for, like, an adaption themselves. I mean, yeah, because Full Metal Alchemist is still a pretty big series. I mean, yes, certainly, so... I hope that this movie is actually going to turn out really well. I hope so too. And like is above a cut above above stuff like the Rurouni Kenshin live action movies, which uh, the first one is decent dish, and then the other other two are pretty bad. But I'm yeah. So you know what? I'm really glad that someone else shares my opinion opinions of the Kenshin movies because I I felt like I was the only one who. I actually didn't really care for the first one, honestly. I, I don't know. It just, I, I felt like a lot of the stunts and visual effects weren't, uh, well, not visual effects. I guess stunts mostly, I thought weren't, um, weren't very good. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm 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 glad someone else finally agrees with me on that. I thought I was the only one. Everybody's like, "Oh man, these Kenshi movies are so good." And I'm over here like, "Hey, can we finally maybe get like an actual anime of that? Like animating all of the series?" No, the movies are good enough. Like, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I would much. I really hope that one day they finally do a, another anime adaptation of Kenshin, and we finally get the revenge arc animated. Seriously, why is that art not animated? Yeah, like honestly, at some point, I don't, I don't know when Kenshin's next uh, milestone anniversary is coming up, but hopefully they make an announcement sometime then. Because you know, and I mean, I know we're going really off topic, but you, you got me started, Sid. So no, thank you. Uh, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> with, with stuff like you know, Hunter Hunter and Parasite. And all those kind of older properties being reanimated, you know, why not Kenshin? Mm-hmm. It's really irritating to me that they re- redid the Kyoto arc and they did terribly for, for another matter to tie in with the new movies instead of finally animating the revenge arc. Why would you, why would you do Kyoto again? You already animated that there's already a version of that do the revenge arc. And, and plus that that newly animated ova for the kyoto arc is like it's so boring it like it really is i didn't like it yeah it's awful they, i don't get the point i don't get them i don't get how both the oh, the kyoto ova and the live action kenshin movies have like kenshin killing shishio that's like you're missing the f- point of like Freaking Rurouni Kenshin when you do that. Oh, you almost dropped an F bomb and I would have had to tad along you, Sid. We are <laughs> we I'm pretty sure that one of us I'm pretty sure I already dropped an F bomb in an earlier episode and we didn't edit that out, so I think that's fine. Yeah, whatever. I'll 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 bleep it out with a funny bleep. I, I actually got a collection of those. It's kinda kinda sad. Uh Full Metal Alchemist movie though, I I'm I'm actually kind of optimistic though the one thing I forgot to mention I hope cuz obviously they're going to have to use effects for some of this movie cuz because of you know Full Metal Alchemist you know alchemy and all that stuff I mm-hmm. I hope the effects are good because as we we both know and probably some of the listeners though uh sometimes Japanese effects and CG don't really look very good <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Attack on Titan movies, for example. Ish. Hopefully, they're better than Tokusatsu grade. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure hopefully they'll at least be better than that because I'm sure they don't want this movie to bomb. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got two more news stories. Uh, would you like to please go over them, Sid? Mm-hmm. I'll start off by talking probably about the most controversial. Of the most recent news stories that just came out today. Ooh, scandalous. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I've uh, praised Digital Manga Publishing in the past for their efforts to publish, you know, Tesca Manga and, like, the Kimigori Orange Road Kickstarter and their, like, conviction to publishing classic manga. But Digital Manga Publishing also publishes a lot more skeevier titles. Uh, basically, they also publish, you know, Boys Love and, like, hentai stuff as well. And, uh, so they, they, they're not a stranger to, like, more, like, uh, kind of, like, out there, like, kind of, uh, kind of, I don't know. 
how to describe it, but like scandalous, let's say, subject matter. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a more like scandalous series that has tried to get a release over here than Kodomo no Jiken, which could Digital Manga's Pechi imprint has launched a Kickstarter to publish in English. And this is a little strange to me that they're trying to release the series. Because basically a decade ago, Seven Seas had licensed the manga and tried to release it under the name, like, Nymphet. But there was a whole bunch of controversy over it. Like, retailers did not want it, and then... Fans were raised controversy and questions over how, over like its appropriateness, and like there's a whole scandal over the series. And then eventually, like, Seventeen's had to back down and said, uh, We reevaluated the manga, and uh, yeah, uh, this later stuff, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe a story about like a, a little girl trying to get what her. Uh, adult teacher is uh, not not a good idea to publish. See, so 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 wait. Have have you actually read this series at all, Sid? It's okay. You could tell me. I'm your friend. No, I have not. Okay. So, I, th- I feel like this is one of those things. Like with um, like with uh, a Crunchyroll this season licensed a an anime series called Super Lovers, which I I remember when that was announced by them that. Uh, a lot of people did not like that because essentially, uh, with, with that series in particular, it was about a about a guy who, um, who had gained another brother in his family. His his mother adopted um adopted a young boy, uh, over in Canada. I guess for some reason, whatever. Um, I didn't I didn't get too far into it honestly because I I did. And I, I guess, like, it was supposed to be, like, a, a, a boys' love series kind of thing, but, like, the big issue with that was, oh, there's kind of an age difference between uh, between the two characters, but I... Double whammy, age difference and incest. Well, well here, here's the thing, though. Like, everybody brought that up, the whole incest thing, but, like... I've watched... I'm not, I'm not even kidding, and I'm not afraid to admit this. I watched, like, four episodes as it was airing, because I was, like... Cause I'm, I'm kind, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, and pardon my French, I'm kind of a, uh, a shit stirrer in a way where I'm like, man, this, this is really, uh, people are really mad about this. I, I gotta get my popcorn. I got, I gotta see how this goes. And I'm, I'm a sucker for things that are quote unquote controversial. Cause I'm just, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just, just that kind of guy. But, but no, I'm getting to the point. I, I've watched the first four episodes and like, I don't know if it's supposed to get, like, worse later on, but from what I watched, it, like, it seemed like, it seemed like it was just doing a lot of teasing, like, nothing actually happened, like, they did a lot of that, like, where, like, the older brother would, like, kiss his younger brother on the cheek, but, like, the show would call attention to it and be like, hey, dude, that's weird, what are you doing? Oh, I'm... I, I I thought Amer- I thought all foreigners greeted each other that way. I don't know any better. Like like it seems like th- that it seems like uh that's like the underlying tone, but they don't want to like commit to it. So I'm wondering if that's maybe the same case with this. Like I'm wondering like how bad it actually is. Like if anything actually happens or or if people are just kind of like um 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, over, I guess, not putting it on a pedestal. Sid, help me out here. You're the writer. Uh, people are unf- unfairly maligning it? No, 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 no. Like, I feel like maybe there's a chance that people are making a, like, making a mole out of an anthill. A molehill out of an anthill with this. Like they're they're making they're making too big of a deal of this, and it's not actually that bad. But there are still like those underlying tones there. Like you know what I mean? Do do you think that's possible at all? Having not actually read the manga, I mean it might be, but I don't know from what I've kind of heard from people who have like read parts of it or whatever. Like it does seem like it's uh it's not the content isn't like totally acceptable mm-hmm. in a sense like it's it can be un- it might be uncomfortable for some certain like people and and i want to i want to make it clear i do not uh i am no, in no way condoning this manga and i don't support uh support the uh um uh subject matter at all i'm just saying as someone who has seen outrage over companies picking up stuff such as this that is quote-unquote controversial and you know me finding out oh it's actually not really terrible but it is kind of uncomfortable in a sense i just i'm questioning like how objectionable it really is having not read it Mm -hmm. and honestly i'm i kind of i'm like out of morbid curiosity i want to read it just to see if it's really that bad but i mean that's kind of the only reason i want to read it I, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I can't say anything terrible about it because I haven't read it. I can't like judge something that I haven't actually read myself. But it doesn't seem like, from what I've heard from people who have experienced it, that it's a uh, very that it's that it seems like something that DMP should be going and licensing for over here. Like, I don't know, though. All I'll say is that I like, I, I prefer, I know that DMP, like, a lot of DMP's, like, catalog and, like, their, um, releases are focused on, um, they have, they, they sell a lot of hentai and boys love stuff, but, yeah. uh, I prefer it if they use Kickstarters to, publish classic manga stuff then they would use it for the hentai and boys love stuff yeah just this is just kind of a weird thing it's really weird um i mean people people if they like hentai i don't judge but i just feel i'd rather see more kickstarters for like the classic manga than i would for the hentai that's just oh my my opinion yeah i mean hey if you want to support it we're not gonna judge you but just uh yeah, just go read what you want to read, you know. Uh although I don't you know, I don't think uh stories about like adults getting relationships with children are totally okay. So don't Yeah, don't. I'm I'm not really So maybe think twice about reading that kind of stuff. You know At least don't read it in public, you know? Cause uh yeah, it do- don't 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 be reading that kind of stuff on the on the subway. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people like to read their manga on, like, their commute to work, and uh, this is probably not the kind of thing you want to be reading in public, you know? I don't know if people are 
Who is bold enough to read porn in public? Unless unless they're just trying to troll people. Maybe. And I feel that you can actually like get like penalized or like maybe like jail time for like reading porn in public I, or something. I, I did read a story one time about how uh about how some guy was raided and arrested for owning a owning a a pornographic doujinshi on his computer or something and was like tried for it but the thing was i i think um this this was a long time ago so i don't i the details of this might be kind of fuzzy but i if i remember correctly the whole thing with that was oh the police kind of like raided his house without a warrant so that was a whole big mess um jeez uh but anyway so we got one more story Right. That uh, we, we had just found, like, literally today on the day we're recording this. Yeah, and this is an inspiring kind of uplifting kind of news bit, is that an author penned by the late Keiji Nakazawa, the mangaka who wrote and drew Barefoot Gen, a letter he wrote to President Obama was recently discovered. It was, uh, it's dated from 2009, August 20th, 2009. And in the letter, uh, Nakazawa praises the Obama speech in Prague for like calling an end to nuclear we- weapons and urges him to visit the atomic bomb museums in Hiroshima and Nagasaki and then, you know, continue to t- push for this armament of nuclear weapons worldwide. And what's interesting about the letter's discovery is that it's coming a day right before President Obama is scheduled to visit Hiroshima as basically the first sitting U.S. president to do so. And, well, Obama's not going to apologize for dropping, like, nuclear weapons, but he's going to pay respect to, you know, the lives lost and maybe do some of the things that Nakazawa mentioned in his letter. Although, you know, we don't necessarily know what the president's itinerary is at the time. But, you know, I find that a really interesting kind of coincidence that that letter was discovered like right before Obama was going over to Japan to pay respect to Hiro- to Hiroshima and uh, um, Nagasaki victims, and I this also reminds me just uh, the po- how powerful Barefoot Gen is his work and how thoughtful Nagasawa is as a writer and how passionate he is he is about like anti nuclear weapon disarmament. And all that, and like that subject, and I'm not going to read through the letter because it's kind of a long letter, but it's also it's a very moving letter, and I kind of I hope that I pre probably didn't, but I'd like it. I kind I kind of hope that Obama like maybe reads Barefoot again, or like was interested in reading Griff again or because it is a very powerful series and it really shows like the horrors of like that victims of the atomic bomb had to suffer through and how it really never got better ever. And like there were long lasting consequences and yeah. So this is a really, really touching little news bit that I found really cool and it's also a good timing because I also got like a notification yesterday from Last Gap that they're finally ready to put out those reprints of the first four volumes of Barefoot Gen that they had a Kickstarter for last year. 
And so this, this, so this is all really good timing. And I'm hoping that somehow Barefoot Gen gets in the news again and people check out the, check the series out and read the series because I do think it's a series that everyone should read because there are few series that I read that have such a powerful and strong, like political message that, that the series is trying to get across and where the author is so passionate about getting across that message. And it's a very inspiring, Gen is a very inspiring character. One of my favorite manga characters and it's a great story. And I, I'm definitely, I, I'm just find the news bit interesting. And I found, I just made me think about Barefoot again and what a great story it was and the messages it espoused. So that's just what I wanted to say. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't really have a lot to say about this other than that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's, I, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that, uh, a, a manga author reach out to the president. Um, I f- honestly, I feel like a chump because I, I've, I've never read Barefoot Gen and I, every once in a while, I kind of kick myself that I haven't read it. But at some point, like, I feel like it should be higher on my list, but I don't know. Cause I, I, I've, I've never read it, but I obviously, I, I know the subject matter. And I know what it deals with, and I feel like it's it's one of those things that like should be higher on my list to read because I can even without reading it, I know that it's it's pretty important. So that's that's something I'm gonna have to read at some point because honestly, just I don't know. It's just it's just something I feel like I have to read as as a you know as someone who loves manga. Yeah, Bear Forget is one of those manga I think everyone should read. It's not an easy manga to read. The content is very, like, difficult. Sometimes it can be very uncomfortable, but it, the message it has is important and the perspective it has is informed in a way that a lot of other, like, pieces of fiction who have the same message aren't. Well, that's, but that's because, um, I don't know if we've made it clear, but the author of Barefoot Gen Barefoot Gen itself is sort of a biographical piece in a way, mm-hmm. um, because essentially the plot of Barefoot Gen is, well, I guess the premise is that it's basically a comic telling the story of the, of the life of the author of Barefoot, of, of Barefoot Gen, basically what his life was like after the Hiroshima bombings when he was, when he was like a really young kid, like I believe six years old and what, and what his life was like after that happened. Yeah, it's based on his experiences uh, that he had after the atomic bombing. And it's not one-to-one, but, like, the way that Gen loses his family in the manga is how Nakazawa lost his own family in the Hiroshima bombing. And so that scene in particular is is incredibly powerful and heart-wrenching and... The series as a whole has a lot of very sad, uncomfortable moments, but underlying it is this persistent hope and this determination to get back on your feet and keep moving forward. And that's what I find really inspiring about it. And like, I love, and that's message of keep moving forward, keep fighting for a better world. That's just, it's really moving. And I really respect Nakazawa's 
perspective and his message and his point of view. And I really think that Barefoot Again is a series that a lot of people should really read and because it I think it's one of the more most like emotionally moving depictions of a survivor of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings that you can find. And I think that it makes a very, very strong case for uh, disarming nuclear weapons and that technology. Yeah. Um, you were, you were bringing up how, um, how very uncomfortable it is and how very depressing of a manga it could be, but there's still that underlying theme of, you know, there's still hope and moving forward, which is, which I find very, um, not, not, not necessarily funny. Uh, that's kind of the wrong word to use, but kind of, um, interesting seeing as how, um, Barefoot Gen did run in Shonen Jump, like, way back in the 70s. Basically, the content that equates the first four volumes of Barefoot Gen was originally published in Weekly Shonen Jump. And then after that, it was moved around to various magazines where the rest of the story was published in, uh, pieces at a time. Okay. Hmm. I didn't know that, actually. But yes, it was originally Shonen Jump series, but it came to the point where it's getting so political and that, I guess, Jump just did not feel comfortable having it run in their magazine. Because there are few manga as politically charged as Spearfagin is. I, honestly, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I could, I can see that. Mm-hmm. After all, Jump is a mainstream shonen magazine, and even back then, it was a series that could only come out in Jump at, in the 70s at a time when Jump was first, like, getting its feet wet and, like, really, like, experimenting with what series were gonna get popular and what worked and, like, really establishing its own identity. So Barefoot Gag came out in that good creative spark that was in the 70s. But it wasn't a manga that could stick around for the mainstream, like, kind of magazine it eventually became come time of the 80s. Like, like you think, man, like, I, I talk about on various podcasts all the time about how, like, Jump nowadays, you know, stuff like Fist of the North Star and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and even Dragon Ball got away with a lot of, like, nudity and uh, animal violence and all that stuff, like... You you won't even find any of those, you know, depicted in Jump Manga anymore, let alone, you know, the kind of series, the kind of work that Barefoot Gen was. Yeah. In general, you will not – a bear, manga like Barefoot Gen would not be published today, be it Shonen or Seinen or any demographic, just because the content matter in it is so strong. It's, me- it's political, like, leanings and message is so strong that it would just be too controversial. Uh, I would assume publishers would consider it too controversial to put out. They would ask, like, Nagazawa to tone down the message, make it more mainstream, like, make the political me- leanings and the content kind of more amiable to like a mainstream like kind of taste but barefoot again is definitely a definitely something that could only come out when it did it reflects the voice of the generation uh of its time and it's not important as just a piece of 
manga history, but it's important as a piece of history just in general. And I think it's well worth reading just for anyone who's interested in the subject matter and who's interested in learning more about the subject matter. Um, I don't, I don't know how to transition out of that really. Um, like how, how do you, how do you transition into something else from talking about barefoot again? I don't know, but, um, I think that's about all the news we have to cover. And, um, we don't have any emails or anything. And I think we've talked about everything we wanted to talk about. So thank you guys so much for listening again. Sorry about the kind of sudden three week break, but, uh, we're going to try to be a little better about that moving forward next time. Uh, so hopefully when you're listening to this, uh, there will be another episode, uh, within the next two weeks. Um, but Sid, uh, thank you for talking to me about manga every, every other week. I really do appreciate it. I don't think I tell you that enough. Oh, I love talking about it. I'm glad to be doing this podcast. It's such a fun time. Uh, but, uh, Go go ahead and plug your stuff. Well, what what do you got going on? How how can people find you? Right. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter and my anime list uh, under the name Lum Ron Mayasha. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr. I finally got set up an art blog, but I also have a personal like blog where I just post the various like reviews and like art stuff and like just f- stuff that I find funny. So I I have two like two tumblers. I have one is called Lum Ramayasha's Reading, Writing, Creating, which is like my fun tumbler. And then the my art blog is uh what did I name that again? I think I named that Sid Gupta's uh, super awesome art blog or something like that. But yeah, so you can find me there. Uh, I also like just post around Animation Revelation in the forums a lot. Uh, I'm also Lumbermayasha there. And then I write reviews for allcomic.com, uh, where you manga reviews, Fairy Tale, Seven Deadly Sins, starting up doing monthly Boruto and Attack on Titan reviews. And you should see also some volume reviews coming out for me very shortly. I'm also still writing stuff for Animation Revelation, though uh, I've take I took uh, kind of a break because I got busy uh, last month. But I'll be resuming Shonen Jump reviews, and I also have a few other things planned. So yeah, you can find me on all those avenues. And uh, yeah, my art blog is called Yeah Siddharth Gupta's Super Awesome Art and Radical Writing Blog. Ridiculous name, but yeah. Well, there you go. I'm sure you can. Uh, you'll probably remember to uh, put some of those in the uh, in the show notes uh, to your personal Tumblr. I I uh, I mean, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah. So again, thanks thanks Sid for always doing this podcast with me and for you, you know, our loyal listeners. Uh, you can you know if you want to hear me talk more about stuff. I don't I don't know why you would. Um, you can follow me. On Twitter at SniperKing323. That's S N I P E R K I N G three two three. You can hear me or hear me. I, I guess uh, watch me. Watch. I, I live tweet a lot of the stuff I read and watch. Uh, I I like to complain about work all the time. Um, God, work work was so stupid today. Thirty pizzas. Thirty. 
in one order. I forgot to mention that at the top of the show because, because you know, that's totally important and everybody cares about that. But, um, as for my other podcasts, uh, you know, if you, if you like Gintama and, you know, you're a fan of the anime or the manga, uh, especially the manga, uh, I record a podcast called Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast, uh, where I essentially, uh, recap the manga from the very beginning via the past, uh, English release from Viz Media that was canceled back in 2011. Uh, you can find that at gintalifelessons.wordpress.com. Um, if you want to hear me talk about Toriko, head over to heavenlykings.wordpress.com. If you want to hear me talk about Case Closed or Detective Conan, whatever you want to call it, uh, please go to onepodcastprevails.wordpress.com. Um, like I said, I, I've been guest spotting on a few shows, so I'll probably mention those when they come out or whatever. But uh, anyway, um, as for the uh, as, as for this podcast in particular, you can find more of this podcast on uh, allcomic.com. That's uh, all-comic.com. My apologies. Uh, you can also follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. And if you want to email us anything about, uh, you know, your thoughts on all the all the manga news we talk about or, you know, e- email us, you know, even email us what you're reading. We, me and Sid, uh, we, we both like recommendations. We'd like to hear what you're reading. Go ahead and email us about that at uh, uh, mangamavericks at gmail.com. But the most important thing is that you subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, and I think that's about it. So from from all of us here at All Comic and on Manga Mavericks in particular. Uh, We'll see you guys in the next two weeks. Hope you guys have a good week. Sayonara!